0: Do you know when you go to the vet and you take your cat and they're like, first name, and you're like, obviously the name I named it, and it's like last name, and it's like, the fuck? It's like Cher, bitch. (laughs) This is just Abra. This is my cat. (laughs)
1: Hello, and thank you for listening to the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast. My name is David Shockley. And I'm Morgan Miller. And this is the podcast that interviews people that aren't famous but should be. Today, we are joined by the emergency manager working all across the world who manages picking shit up when it hits the fan, a literal master of disasters. We have Christine in the guest spot today. Christine, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for asking me. So I think I, I gave a, a little bit of an intro there, but can you kind of give, uh, just kind of give us an elevator pitch of what type of work you do?
2: Oh, elevator pitch. Um, You know, in jab applications, when it says other duties as assigned, everything as assigned. Uh, so it's anything and everything. I've worked in human feces. I've had to work as a night manager in a shelter with animals. I've... Quit my job and jumped on a plane in a matter of days to go international, uh, working in shelters, do disaster psychology, trauma. I feel like this is a really shitty elevator speech. That's fine. <laughs> um, this any- is why I
1: always take the stairs. honestly. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I don't want to get caught up uh, explaining what I do for a living. I was Anything
2: say, this building has a lot of floors. Okay. Anything and everything that needs to be done, I do it.
1: Can- so, can you just explain what an emergency manager generally does?
2: So an emergency manager, as far as the dictionary goes, uh, is somebody who is able to coordinate what is going on at the scene, but they're able to get the broader picture to help people understand the smaller pictures of what's going on. However, then you also do, like, in-person responses. So, like, in the Philippines, I helped build cocoa lumber houses. So I don't know if you've ever cut a cocoa coconut tree down. It's very, very fibrous, and there's
1: a lot of... Yeah, I was gonna
0: say, I thought they were very hard to chop down. I read that one time. Yeah,
1: right? They make terrible Christmas trees. (laughs) They do. They're way too tall. Um, They
0: won't fit in your house, Dave. No. It'll be like that one where they have, like, half of the tree inside and, like, the top on the top of the
1: house. Oh, I love those.
0: I love looking at those.
2: (laughs) But we would cut down coconut trees, and it would destroy your chainsaw, and then you would have to fix your chainsaw, and we would then... You take the lumber from these trees and you build houses, and so I mean that's one thing that an emergency manager would do.
1: Gotcha. Uh, so if I, if not to oversimplify, but yeah. it's when when an emergency happens, when some type of disaster strikes, some type of natural disaster, generally, man-made,
2: technological,
1: mm-hmm, any type of disaster, <laughs> you come in to help manage the resources to handle this, handle the uh, the cleanup of this.
2: Yeah, the response and recovery. So a lot of times you'll have first responders, so like firefighters, EMS, uh, they kind of manage the immediate needs and then you transition from a response into a recovery. But the whole time you have emergency managers kind of help coordinate that in addition to when there isn't a natural disaster, man-made, technological, when there is an emergency incident, what have you. uh, Emergency managers work to prepare and mitigate any harm that could happen. So preparing is training, exercising those trainings to make sure that the people actually can do what they've been training to do. Uh, So when shit does hit the fan, you don't send in a bunch of people who watched a PowerPoint and they don't actually know how to do anything.
1: (laughs) Finally, somebody admits that PowerPoints are not a great way of learning. PowerPoints suck. I'm (laughs) really
0: glad that somebody else said it.
1: I hope every (laughs) single college professor ever hears this podcast and now knows this.
2: Night school too.
1: Night school as well.
2: Everybody. Everybody. They use uh, sitting-in trainings nowadays, and they still use PowerPoints. I'm like, there are so many cooler ways to present this information. Even Prezi, like the free Prezi online shit. It's so much, it's visually more captivating. What is it? Yeah, what's Prezi?
1: Is that uh, similar to PowerPoint? Is,
2: what is Yeah, it? Prezi, it's, I don't even know. Just Google Prezi. Uh, but it's more interactive. So it's not like a screen that you have a title and like bullet points on. So you could have like a pic- this picture and you want to talk about trees. So it'll zoom in on a tree that then has information and it can zoom back out to the larger picture. Mm-hmm. So it's more stimulating and oh. like animated to the brain.
1: And, and just so the people that are listening, they, they know that what we're, we're watch- ah. what we're looking at is just a, a on the TV is a nature picture of some mountains and trees and stuff. It's very scenic, very Bob Ross-esque, if yes. I may. It's very beautiful. So you can, you're can, you saying that like you can zoom in on the trees, and it gets a lot more interactive. There's yes. also
0: a waterfall. Yes.
1: Oh, shit, there is a waterfall. Look at that thing back there.
0: Some high-quality H2O.
1: I bet you oh. audio podcast <laughs> listeners love this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is like that conversation you have with really boring people is that uh, the table is very square, ah, made of nice, nice mahogany wood, a nice coat on it, See, I think it's more of a rectangle. That's (laughs) what I do when I I come across people that I cannot have a conversation with. I uh, just start describing things that are around me and hope that that'll spark this conversation into life. Granted, sometimes it still doesn't work.
1: Anybody who has had that conversation with you that is listening to this is going, Ah, shit! (laughs) But it sounds like, Christine, sounds like the work that you do is very serious and is can uh, at a lot of times be uh, a bit depressing. Is that right to say? Is that fair to say? That
2: is very fair to say, but I mean, that's also why you, I mean, you have to make light of the situation.
1: But the reason, the reason I say that is because I think before we, we get too far into this, because it sounds like it is going to be, uh, we are going to go down uh, quite the path here. I think uh, we need to get a little bit of liquor in our system. Uh, yes. Now, Morgan, you and I are going to be drinking, but Christine, you are abstaining for now.
2: I am abstaining from now. I'm going to tally them, and February 1st, I will take all the shots at once.
1: Completely understand. <laughs>
2: add two.
1: Yep, you can add two to this one. And God bless you for, for having a month where you can stay sober. Yes. Uh, doing what you do.
2: So far, so good.
1: Cheers. Motherfucker, what did we just drink?
2: Jack Honey, and I'm really jealous.
1: <laughs> Jack Daniels Honey Whiskey.
0: I was going to yeah. say, it didn't have too much of a bite. Just like uh, a little one on the side of my tongue, really. I was like, why mm-hmm. there?
1: I I drink vodka. I drink lights primarily. So anytime I... I enjoy whiskey, but I enjoy sipping whiskey. So when, it, when I just have to shoot it, it's like...
0: Argh! It was like an overwhelming taste of honey to me. It feels like I just... Drank very thin maple syrup, frankly.
1: Yeah. I feel like I I just drank honey cough syrup.
0: Ah, yes. That's a good way to describe it. Interesting.
1: But Morgan, you have also brought us a special beer today. Oh, yes. What are we washing that down with?
0: This is Two Lights from Allagash. It's fermented with both champagne and lager yeast. Yeast! So it'll give you that similar dry mouth feel you get as to when you uh, drink champagne. I would say if you were trying to get away from normal beer, I'd give this a try
1: yeah it so it has so it's fermented with it almost tastes like champagne right Yes it, it's using champagne
0: Yeet! Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of yeast because um. <laughs> I'm yeast <laughs> don't
1: I don't I'm, I'm still doing like the hand thing even though nobody can see it.
0: I see it David <laughs> uh, it touches my soul. it's that, a bit. It, it's been acknowledged Thank you. It is also brewed with uh I'm not gonna try and say that word
1: yeah I wouldn't try that one either <laughs> I, I I looked at it and just like no. Nah! <laughs>
0: It's essentially white wine must. God knows what that is.
1: Well, it tastes great.
0: (laughs) A little bit like wine, almost. That shot went straight to my face.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say my face
0: is fucking hot right now.
1: Yeah, I I told you. It's it's it's.
0: See, I'm jealous. I love I love
2: whiskey bourbon. So it's the Jack. It's good honey Jack, and then especially if you put it in a hot toddy. Mm, oh, it's wow. the ideal winter drink. What is a hot toddy? Oh, I'm glad it's that delicious. You
0: didn't
2: know. <laughs> it's like hot sex in a mug. Go on. Ooh, well, Tell me more. <laughs> I want
0: to have hot sex in
2: a um,
1: mug. Fuck the hot toddy. <laughs> <laughs> Literally,
2: I wouldn't. Um, but uh, That's so what, it's, what? It sounds like. Christine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's whiskey and water, and you heat it up like oh. you would tea. So, like, oh, you boil boil water, or you don't boil it. You get it right before the rapid boil. Otherwise, it ruins the flavor. Um, A simmer. Yes. Uh, You pour it into a mug with a bunch of whiskey. You throw in some honey and a slice of lemon. Not the lime. Either way, citrus. And you drink it.
1: Wow, that sounds delicious. Because you
2: hydrate and you get drunk at the same time, so you don't get as much of a hangover. I
0: was going to say, it's kind of like you're having tea, but it's really just whiskey. It's
1: just tea that gets you drunk. that's the best kind of tea that's perfect because i'm just getting over a cold if i would have known that last week i would be still very sick today because i would just be drinking nothing but that i'm glad that you but it it helps
2: you sleep so you sleep more and you get all that water at the same time so Ah. that's my my brother he he does the hot toddies when he starts feeling sick he just just chugs them and
1: that's an interesting (laughs) contrast because you said that Right now, we're in January, and you're not drinking for the month of January because mm. of your brother.
2: Yes. Every every January, he abstains from alcohol to kind of start off the new year and figure out exactly what, what he wants to come. I don't know. He's just weird. Maybe he just does it to be different.
1: Maybe, <laughs> but it's respectable to to, yeah. to be able to abstain from something. Because alcohol mm. is very dangerous, where if you can't stop, that's the, that's the problem. So yeah. his ability to abstain for one, one month just kind of says, look, I'm just clearing the palate. I can stop because alcoholics say I can stop anytime I want, but it's different from actually attempting to stop. Yeah. So very respectable. Very respectable. I think everybody should, that drinks probably should do that. I think that's a good idea.
2: Recharge the liver. Yeah. Plus that first drink afterwards. Oh my God. (laughs) And
1: Morgan, I feel like we drink so much on this show and I think we endorse drinking so much on the show. I think sometimes we need to tip the scale in the opposite direction and say to people, it's okay if you don't drink. That's fine. We have impressionable young people that listen.
2: Ah, Well, safety is sexy, and if you don't want to drink, you don't have to.
0: (laughs) So how did you get into what you do?
1: Ah, Pandora's
2: box. Um, That's an interesting start.
0: (laughs) She released all the
2: evils onto the world. Yes.
1: That explains.
2: I have to get them back together again. That's why I manage emergencies. There it is. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) She's Pandora.
1: Well, this is a movie.
2: (laughs) I honestly had no fucking idea what I wanted to do with my life, and... Started off college pre-med, decided I wanted to be a surgeon, changed my majors a million times, graduated with two degrees, that I still really didn't know what I wanted to do. But I ended up taking this spring break. It's called Alternative Spring Break. Ironically, it's because an alternative to spring break that people think of when you usually drink is to not drink. Um, so the Alternative <laughs> Spring Break took us to Costa Rica, oh, wow. and we built houses um, for extremely impoverished areas. So... Like, we were hand-mixing cement with, like, sand and shovels, and then we had to build this tin chute to get it, like, down to where it was actually going to be laid to build the foundation for this house.
1: Um, That is incredibly good work. I uh, mean, that is very selfless work. Really? But could you imagine, Morgan, being the guy that just accidentally wrote his name on the wrong sign-up sheet? (laughs) (laughs)
0: He just gets on the bus, and they're like, can you even believe we're about to build these houses for these guys? And he's like, building houses. I thought we were going to Cancun. <laughs>
1: so are we gonna party in the houses when we're done.
0: Is this like a? Are we gonna be drunk the whole time? Are there gonna be shrooms inside the house afterwards? Yeah, what do we Not do with that the house? alternative.
2: <laughs> but it was it was the wait and like actually getting to know the people that we were building the houses for and I don't know. You gotta like, meet them too. Yeah, you gotta actually like oh
1: talk my to God. these people.
0: <laughs> so where do you want your bedroom at? <laughs>
1: They're like in America. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I'm not that good. It's uh-huh. illegal to smuggle. I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, here's 25 cents.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that as a formality, please, here's my knapsack. Hop in.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Disclaimer I do not smuggle humans. <laughs> I do. Please call.
1: <laughs> if you um, pay my way, I'll take you back.
2: <laughs> but it, it, the social justice aspect of it, it's so like one of my degrees is in international social justice. I took a class. I don't even remember what the name of the class is. I remember my professor, Mark Woods. He's great. He actually still teaches down there.
1: Shout out to Mark Woods. Yeah, you're epic. <laughs> um, Look how far your students have come. Yeah, right? They're on a no-name podcast.
0: <laughs> they go from Mark Wood to Making Wood. <laughs> As soon as I said it, I was like, ah, there's a joke in there. Right? You know how there's uh,
2: firefighter calendars? I feel like they should do, like, the females of emergency management and just, like, show us some
1: BDUs and boots. Be like, fuck yeah.
0: That would be bad.
1: (laughs) I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you mentioned firefighters, because we had a firefighter on uh, not too long ago, and I thought, this is the best feeling talking to a firefighter and like talking about what they do and the selflessness and the danger that they put themselves in. I thought that's going to be at that. We've topped. I felt great about it. And then we have you on and you do that times 10. You manage firefighters and those resources. So congratulations. Yeah. You topped it.
2: All right. I also put up with them.
1: <laughs> oh. is it, how is it? Is it difficult to deal with firefighters? Because based off the one we talked to,
0: he's so nice.
2: He's so nice. Exactly. It's it's the person. So like you you get the douches, but you'll get the assholes in every profession. True. So I've met a lot of great firefighters. I've met a lot of douchey firefighters where you just be like, "All right, tuck the ego away. Mm. Shut up, tick face. Let's get on with it." Oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> and I say that cuz I know that my emergency manager friends are going to laugh cuz we have a friend that we've nicknamed Tick Face. Um, <laughs> oh,
0: I thought you just like like just like misspoke. No, you uh, meant Tick Face. Yeah, yeah. Tick Face.
2: It's an unknown shout out to this douche that thinks he knows everything. Uh. Uh, <laughs> so we all work with
0: one of those. Yeah. I actually, not to compare myself to you, but I used to do mission work with my church.
2: I think that everybody who does a good deed, like it doesn't matter the magnitude. It could be something completely unwitnessed by anybody else, but it makes you feel good. And like comparing apples and oranges, like I don't think that that, like, thank you for doing what you do and thank you for going out and doing mission work and helping others. Thank you.
1: (laughs) It's tough to quantify good work. Yeah. Or like, like doing, doing selfless work because no matter what, it, it's still selfless work. I think in the same way as pain, like it's hard to do comparative pain because everybody experiences that differently. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're doing something selfless and that is still something to be appreciated.
2: Exactly. It doesn't, wherever you do it, however you do it, you're doing good things. So keep doing good things. I could tell you about a time when too much shit hit the fan, and then we literally had to work in it, and then I ended up with dysentery. Oh,
1: do <laughs> one. I'm, please do. I love hearing um, stories about dysentery. It's okay, it's right. or, yeah. I, I know you actually mentioned, you, you said, I want to hear a story about dysentery today, if nothing else.
0: Ah. If nothing else,
2: I want to hear a story about shit. When I, when I worked in the Philippines, we had this saying called, it's more fun in the Philippines, and it really can be more fun in the Philippines.
1: Can you explain um, why, please?
2: Um, okay, so we were working in this uh, one barangay, which is pretty much just saying like a, a suburb or like mm-hmm. a community. You
1: know I don't speak Spanish. Uh,
2: right? <laughs> it's not Spanish, it's Filipino. It's Tagalog, to
1: be oh. precise. Uh, <laughs> Didn't we just talk about not being politically correct I'm all the time?
2: Sorry, to be precise, <laughs> I'm speaking English. Yeah. It is Tagalog. I
1: don't know why she put on a monocle before she said it. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> and a fancy mustache.
1: <laughs> it grew. That's real. That's natural. All right,
2: let me twist my. <laughs> She's got uh, some Rogaine
1: in her pocket. Yeah.
2: Um, I was w- working in a barangay. And there was 30 of us stationed in this, like, army tent, which is just a massive... It's a massive tent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a carnival, but not as
1: fun. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's but it's more fun in the shit. Philippines, <laughs> so it was a carnival. hey <laughs> And we had actually built our showers out of bamboo. And uh, thank you, Jeff, if you ever listen to this, for building those amazing showers. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> um, Kept our girl clean. <laughs> right. But we used their community building pretty much, and it's a one-room, one-bathroom. So you have 30-plus people using this one bathroom, and the septic tank is built out of hollow black, which is literally, it, it, it's porous to an extent, mm-hmm. in the middle of monsoon season. So torrential oh, yeah. downpours, torrential people not used to eating the Filipino food oh, and God. liquid poop. Um,
0: Man, that sounds like
2: a <laughs> Uh, and so eventually the hollow block... It already sounds like a disaster. <laughs> this is set up.
0: Right? I mean, they were there to help, but they just made things a little shittier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it all went downhill
1: from there. Ha ha. Oh.
0: Shit goes downhill, I, I hear.
1: Mudslide wasn't the only thing going downhill that evening.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> um...
2: But, you know, with the monsoon and the water, eventually the septic tank, everything started to overflow. And so we're still, we're working on the same land that we're living in. And we're like, like, it really smells like I don't understand this. Uh, And it's uh, monsoon season, so everything's muddy to begin with. And, like, you you drop a tool and you're like, oh, mud, like you wipe it off. And you're like, oh, no no, no big deal. So we were literally working in our own feces. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Um, Oh, no. Yeah,
0: yeah. I bet um, you didn't drop no tools we, after that.
2: Well, I mean, you keep you keep working. Uh, you uh, just... <laughs> how long?
1: How uh, long?
2: We're not going to stop building houses for how people. How long, Christine? <laughs> how long? Well, I mean, uh, we can't quantify it.
1: <laughs> was it a week?
2: I'm, it took us a couple of days to realize uh, that it was actual human shit.
0: Oh! <laughs> um, how many times uh, you put your fingers in your mouth? Uh,
2: <laughs> 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 oh. Which way is the wind blowing today? Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Um, no, but it, I mean, it's it's on everything that you work with. It's, oh no! You're, you're living and working and walking around in your I see own why you get shit. Um, and saying that shit went downhill from there, we literally tried, once we realized that it was the septic tank, and once we realized that we were working in human waste, we tried to,
1: like, build moats. Was that day four? <laughs> How many sick. days?
0: Right. I've blocked it out of my memory. Suppressed <laughs> so memories. We were talking about that before this podcast. God bless <laughs> yeah. you.
1: Right. Jesus. <sighs> um, right? I How can you ind- not drink <laughs> for a single day? Right? About a been, month.
0: I would just be just out of it every day thinking if i accidentally put that much shit in my mouth.
2: <laughs> oh god. Once talk about making bad jokes. Like i had the luxury of going and staying in like a hotel that night to actually take a real shower cuz ah, we don't yes. have showers on base. We had those bamboo huts. We used a bucket.
1: Um, was in the hotel when you took that shower? Was that the greatest shower of your life?
2: Top 5. Definitely top five. five.
1: What do you
2: do, Christine?
0: (laughs) What's the number one? It was Uh, number one. Does it involve sex? Because that's the only way it's better than that shower.
1: Oh, man. What? I don't know if I want to know. I don't know if I want to
2: (laughs) know. All right. I picked up the soap. That was number one. (laughs) That
0: was number one. But was it you that dropped the soap? It it only
2: matters who picked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Is shower sex overrated? It can be. I find it a little overrated.
0: I feel like you got to be similar height to your partner or else it's real difficult. Or a gymnastic person, gymnast.
1: I just feel like you're never, like I'm, I'm not the sexiest when I'm just like naked and drenched in water. I don't think anybody's their sexiest then. Like we put all this effort, especially women and sometimes me, we put all this effort into putting on makeup and, you know, making sure our hair is great and all of that, and then you just get in the shower, and that just all runs and just goes away instantly, and you're like, I want to have sex here. I look fucking great.
0: I'm just saying, David, sudsy titties.
1: Mm. Would you say that it's more about feeling than looks, maybe?
0: It's definitely about feelings, because that's the only reason I have shower sex. Feelings.
2: Sudsy titties are pretty nice. Sudsy right. titties. Sudsy titties agreed, Christine? Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: <laughs> it's something about them being all slippery. I don't know what it is.
2: Just makes you want to grab on more. Anyway, go on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just (laughs) imagine... I just imagine holding on to tits and then throwing them against the bathroom wall and it really made me chuckle.
2: What? (laughs) Just the boobs.
0: Just the boobs. (laughs) Just...
2: I imagine the sound it would
0: make just a like I can't even imagine the sound I know what's happening later tonight I was gonna say I feel like I can imagine that sound (laughs) I mean Joe's gonna come in the room and be like the fuck was that sound and be like it was an experiment
1: (laughs) maybe we can bring the microphones over and we can input that sound right here we can put it in the theme We'll put it in. Yeah. We're working on a new on a new theme song.
0: Ooh. It's
1: going to be pretty. If you could make your own theme song, Christine, what instrument would you like to put in there?
2: Um. I've I've always really liked the bass, but I have to say like nothing makes me wetter than horns. Like that brass sound? Yes.
1: Any type of horn, uh, saxophone, trumpet. Oh, sax is by far. It's smooth. It's oh, smooth. Very, very smooth. I'm oh. very
0: partial to the trumpet.
2: Mm. They say Trump that trumpet uh, players are really good kissers.
0: Oh, I could imagine. They had to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: right?
0: It's- Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wet already. <laughs> I recall in fourth grade, that's how my instrumental teacher described it to everybody in the brass section. I hope To, make a, a, to have to, like, blow oh. your lips so they move like that. And I got to tell you, fourth grade Morgan had to suppress a giggle. <laughs> just made a big fart sound in, in front of a whole bunch of fourth graders. It wasn't okay. fair.
1: <laughs> it sounds like you're the one that needed some Orbit gum. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I chew Orbit gum regularly. Thank you. You guys should get
2: paid for every time you say Orbit gum.
0: <laughs> I agree, Christine. <laughs> every time we mention New Amsterdam vodka, even though we didn't drink it this episode,
2: pay. Right? Or the Allagash? What's the type of Allagash that you're drinking? Two lights. Yeah. Two cents. Right there. right there. There it is.
0: <laughs> I'll say it like eighty times one episode. We can just make it episode exclusively, an hour long, just me saying two lights, two lights, two lights, two lights. We'll get two pennies each time.
1: I, I hope. Ha 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 I have a question. In doing my research, Christine,
0: uh-uh. is there researched. a
1: difference between an emergency manager and a disaster manager? I mean, it's. A title.
2: You have an emergency manager. You don't have a... You don't really have a disaster manager. Uh, Google says it exists. Uh, did you pull it off Wikipedia? What are your sources? Fucking
1: <laughs> I got Google and that was as file. Oh, look uh, at that. It's a common term.
2: Um, well, I mean, there's a difference between an emergency, a disaster, and a catastrophe. So it's... I mean, it's all about the scale. Can you...
1: That's a scale?
2: Yeah. So which, you, which Tell is me worst?
0: more. Tell me more. <laughs> well,
2: it's it is completely objective. Uh, So, an emergency to me might not be an emergency to you. Uh, Who do they know who to send out
1: there? How do they choose Christine? Are they just like, does it have, how much shit is on the scene?
2: Do they go by that? It's at a local level, so you could have, like, a local emergency. And if it impacts a lot more people than just this one community, say it impacts not just Bear, Delaware, but, like, Newcastle County, it would be more of a disaster necessarily because it's it's bigger. If it impacts the entire state, I'd say it's a catastrophe. Oh. Um, so it's just – it's it's the level of impact, the people that it's impacting, like how many – not necessarily the people, but how many – so, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> it by, kind of like by population affected.
2: Yeah, but it's not something that is necessarily quantified. Oh, god! Gotcha. So it's de- it's definitely objective. If you can justify that this is a disaster of an emergency,
1: yes. Is it objective or subjective? Ooh. Because some... subjective, I feel like, means there's no definitive definition. Objective means there is a definitive definition. It sounds like it's Subject, more subjective. Yeah. Okay. Just, to, just so people listening, they understand.
2: Excuse me, Mr. Dictionary. Yeah, all mm-hmm. right. I did not bring any of my...
0: You should have visited Wikipedia.
1: (laughs) Hey, I check the word of the day every single day, and I'm glad it finally paid off.
0: Uh, Do you remember when Rasputin was the word of the day? Rasputin has a 12-inch dick. It's pickled in Russia. I recall. I've gotten to see it. Morgan, we're going to Russia!
1: (laughs) It's weird. We're going to do Russian ASMR.
0: Hold on. on. What's so weird about it, besides
2: the length? The fact that it's pickled for how many... Decades and years.
0: What do you think and, it tastes like? Uh, pickles. Oh.
2: Formaldehyde at this point.
1: Ah, yes. <laughs> I'm Rasputin's dick, Morty! Morty, Morty, Morty i Rasputin's around. dick!
0: Turn me around so I can see you! <laughs>
2: uh,
1: yes. So you go to places all around the world, is that right?
2: I mean, I can. Uh, most of what I've done so far is in America. However, I, I was deployed to the Philippines uh, with a, a non-profit I actually, the only reason I got sent over there is when my middle brother graduated law school, I graduated undergrad at the same time, got in his car, we're like, going to fucking Colorado. We're just going to drive cross country and we're just going to live somewhere. That sounds rad. (laughs) So we ended up in Durango, Colorado, put down some roots and his friends had another friend. This British chick came over. Her name is Jess. uh, And Jess was crashing on their couch. And after a little bit, they were like, Jess, there's four people in this tiny apartment. Like, Get out! Find somewhere else. And I was like, oh, you can live on my couch. Fast forward four years. Uh, Typhoon Yolanda hit and Just said, you're into this shit. Do you want to go? And I said, yes. Give me two weeks. Put in my two weeks notice at my job and got on an
1: airplane. And you were working a different job at this time.
2: Yes, I was managing a coffee shop.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> I heard that you were in Chile.
2: I was. That was not for an emergency. I disaster. tried. Um, it was, I, I absolutely love to travel. So I actually got to travel for the first time with my brother. Same brother that I've talked about multiple times. This guy
1: (laughs) sounds very awesome. What Ah. does your brother do?
2: Uh, So both of my brothers are lawyers, uh, which makes the holidays really shitty. That Uh. fucking sucks. Uh,
1: Who's doing
0: better, me or the lawyers?
2: Ah, not, Not a comparative, but just like trying to... If I say something that I think is really cool and they're like, ah... And then they asked me 75 questions, and I'm just like, oh, man, I should have just not said anything.
1: <laughs> Are you competitive with your siblings at all? You seem uh, like a, I don't want to be I mean, am. but you don't seem like a competitive person in general.
2: I'm extremely competitive. Like, I, playing racquetball against my oldest brother, I've got bruises, I, it's, I've got a scar.
1: <laughs> so sometimes the Thanksgiving dinner, when, you know, is, does it turn into kind of a one-up game a little bit?
2: A little bit, but I feel like between me and my brothers, there's enough, res- like, respect. Like, we understand each other. Like, I love my brothers. I'd do anything for them. They pretty much raised me, and I feel like it's pretty—it's a reciprocal
1: Yeah, It's kind of you're all doing well, so you're kind of in this together. Yeah. yeah. And there's a camaraderie.
2: Yes. And, I mean, we're our biggest cheerleaders for each other. And Aww. we're actually—when uh, I was playing racquetball with my oldest brother last weekend, we came to the realization that as of the spring— both me and my brothers, so all of my mom's kids will officially all be published.
1: Really? I think that's, that's pretty amazing. badass. <laughs> what, what, is, what did you publish? All
2: right. Uh, my first grade poems? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: the doggy was brown. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs>
2: um, no, I actually am going to be published in an encyclopedia series. <laughs> oh, wow. People still make encyclopedias. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, what? It's an encyclopedia series that is specifically dedicated to natural disasters, and it is geared towards high school students, and I wrote an article, co-authored, uh, my friend Sammy is the other author, uh, an article on the Thomas wildfires. So it, w- it was a lot of fun, and I got to learn a lot about wildfires because one of my ambitions in my career, so like being an emergency manager, it tends to be a little bit more hands-off because you coordinate from afar.
1: Yeah, how far away are you? <laughs> like, uh, it, I mean, y- you depends. get shit in your boots, uh, so I don't really know where the gauge is. <laughs>
2: right? So that's the more practical aspect. So the one thing that, if I'm going to toot my own he- horn here for a second. Toot uh, toot, buddy. You right? are being interviewed. Uh, so I'm an academic and I'm a practitioner. So like, I get my hands dirty, I get shit in my boot. But I also do the research aspect and try and understand the process of it and bring it all together. So, like bridge the gap, if you will. It's a fun thing now at conferences. People are like bridging the gap between academics and practitioners. I'm like, well, um, been done that, right? Got the t-shirt. I'm wearing
1: it. Very much an innovator in that way.
2: So I, I mean, I tried to, and I'm not the only one. Like, there, uh, postdoc at where I went for my master's degree. She's a wonderful anthropologist she's working in bringing in more academic-based criteria with practitioners and, like, actually bringing in this applied anthropology to disasters because it helps you understand it
1: better. Like, It sounds like you're surrounded by quite a lot of academia.
2: Yes and no. Um, so, like, when I did boots on the ground, and I miss it, and that's with the whole time as wildfires researching it, I miss being boots on the ground because a lot of what I do now is very... It's not necessarily hands-off, which is why I love training and exercise, is because I can be hands-on. Uh, but I miss, I miss pulling 24-hour shifts. I miss the, the psychological impact. I miss the chaos, the adrenaline, the drive. Uh, and so I want to do wild and firefighting. Uh, one of my coworkers, uh, Nikki, she, she is a beast. This woman is inspiration. She inspires me. Um, and same with Sarah. She coordinates, it's called Empowerment Day. Uh, and it's the six month build up to Camp Fury, which is helping women, young women, young girls. Uh, it empowers them to realize that there is a place in emergency management for them. They can be firefighters, they can be EMTs, they can. They can do whatever they want to do. Absolutely, that's um,
1: important. That's an important message to. to...
2: Yes, especially uh, young women. If it's more of like a, a male-dominated field, and it is, um, mm-hmm. saying like we just beca- learned that with uh,
1: <laughs> with Scotty Mangum that was on. He he was he reaffirmed us that it was absolutely very heavily man. Yes. Dominated.
2: Yes, uh, it's it is insane how many men you deal with on a daily basis and just the comments that come out of your mouth. And you're like, do you actually realize what you were saying?
0: Yeah. Did you even hear what you just said? Did you hear the words that were coming out of your mouth?
2: Right? Like I tried to, uh, I was working with some instructors last week and I was trying to ask for the class roster and I gave him one of my coworkers numbers. I was like, you know, I'll be here at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. However, if you get here before that, here's this guy's number, call him. And he says to me, he's like, hey, sweetie, why don't you give me your number and we'll call you before eight? And oh. I was just like, you just fucking called me sweetie. Like, I'm not even going to give a response to this. I'm, I'm out. Like, fuck, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm this is done. time and place. <laughs> <laughs> right? Let me just burn holes into your soul mm. as I leave. But it's it's interesting. Uh, and you can definitely... Like, picking up boxes of course materials. Books. And I wear heels every single day. Like, mm. I showed up to this interview in one of my work dresses. And granted, now I have one my BDUs. <laughs> but... Every day, I wear I wear nice clothes. I dress to impress, and I wear high heels. Mostly, it's because I love doing my job in heels, dressed up to the nines, and being able to do it better than these misogynist dudes. Not all of them are that much of an asshole. But, like, it's the ones that are that I'm just like, I could take off my heel right now and stab you with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to show up the men that think that you couldn't. Right. You and gotta like put them in your place sometimes.
2: Exactly. And I did this one rail car thing where they actually they brought like an example of a rail car that carries hazardous materials. And I had on my heels. I didn't attend the course, but I was helping facilitate it. And the instructor was like, do you want to come? Like, see how we, like, what we have to turn and what are the levers? And let me explain to to you the makeup of this rail car. And I was like, yes, yes, I do. Educate me. This is great. And he's like, just watch your step. And so I immediately just, like, jumped from point A to point B. I was like... I can hop in heels. We're fine. Like, <laughs> I get it. You're trying to make me feel cautious, but...
1: A little competitive to... there. Uh, <laughs> you're trying to be nice to see yeah. in heels.
2: <laughs> Christine, I see your point, but... Uh... Right? I, am, I am really competitive, and it...
0: It sucks to be underestimated just because you have <sighs> mm-hmm. a vagina.
1: Mm-hmm. Or in... How big were the heels?
0: Uh, I think that day, maybe, like, two inches.
1: That was not two inches what you just did. That was...
0: That was an inch. Tops. That's an inch? I don't know. That's I have a <laughs> fucking ruler. Double that. That's two inches. Oh. Ooh. Two <laughs> inches is a
1: lot. I have not... no idea how big heels are.
0: <laughs> Someone's been lying to you about what an inch is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, double nuts. I did it again.
0: Oh, double nuts.
1: <laughs> that explains a lot.
2: But even... It's <laughs> so like I was in Lake City, Florida, and I was... The person who was on-site that was supposed to be our on-site supervisor, mm-hmm. and I was a team lead, we were moving, we were mucking and gutting. So, picked up a couch with one of my my core members, and the, the su- on-site supervisor, like, immediately, like, pushed me out of the way and grabbed the couch for me. Were like, you like, that your... not... No, I
0: was
1: in boots. Okay, boots just want to make BDUs. sure. I have to ask this question now. Full <laughs> PPE. On or off feels?
0: Is that not the most condescending shit that's ever happened to you? Right? Okay, maybe not ever, but still.
1: <laughs> ever, <laughs> it's never gonna get worse. Like,
0: every, uh, when people are like, "Can I help you with that?" I'm like, "No." Even right. if it, even if I were to have needed help, I mean, not every time, but if it's like something totally in my power and they ask, I'm like, "No," right? I will walk miles with this now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's definitely if you're listening, look up Empowerment Day and look up Camp Fury because those women are beast. And there are males that support the Camp Fury incentive of empowering young women to be in a male-dominated field or that they're fully capable. Anybody can be in this field.
1: That's great.
0: Anybody can be in whatever field they want. Even (laughs) helicopter people.
1: (laughs) We'll make sure to link that in the show notes for you. For anybody listening. (laughs) Uh, One question I did want to ask, because you go to so many places and you see so many disasters, when you come home, does it make you more or less sympathetic to the dumb bullshit around you? When somebody, when somebody, your friend calls you or you see your friend after you get home from shit in your boots and your friend, you're hanging out and they just start bitching and won't stop about how they were at the grocery store. The cashier wouldn't take your, the expired coupon. That bitch. Are you more or less sympathetic to that? Is it, you, are
2: but see, All right, so this is where the disaster psychology portion comes in, because every single person is fully allowed to feel their emotions and express their emotions. If they're pissed off because the cashier wouldn't take their expired coupon, they have every right to be pissed off and they have every right to be express their, their anger. It's made me understand in my own life when I'm being stupid.
1: <laughs> um, so. so it's kind of been humbling.
2: Yeah, so it's like, calm down, Christine. Like, worse things have happened, Uh, and it's I think have literally been shit in (laughs) Philippines.
1: Yeah, and they didn't just get back from Chile.
2: (laughs) And it's I mean, all right. So Philippines, I was down in the Philippines for seven months. Uh, Eat sheet, eat sheet, (laughs) eat (laughs) shit and live like response and recovery, and you you see a lot of horrific things. And like one of the the women, she was a Filipino woman. And disclaimer: This is where it gets heavy. Um, Oh, now we're getting heavy. I mean, we can. Um, Let me get my tissues real quick. (laughs) Right. So this this woman Vanessa, she's a Filipino woman, and she impacted me so much because she was married to this man who would abuse her, and it was a domestic violence case. They had two kids, and you can. it still impacts me. Why are you me. laughing, Christine? It's very serious. <laughs> it still impacts me to this day. And this is, it's a story that I always tell in these disaster psychology portions and it gets me like, it gets me so shooken up that I then have to like stop.
1: Um, but we have plenty of beer, so
2: <laughs> No drinking. Um, Just for you. But it...
1: Well, the mother has to hear it for the first time. Please, uh, please.
2: She, so she finally got herself, the Philippines is the only um, Christianity-based Uh, country in southeast asia okay so the idea of divorce is not smiled upon um so in order to maintain her bond with her family she wasn't really looking at divorce but inevitably she divorced her husband because he was abusing her and she took her kids and gave them to her brother her brother was watching over her kids and she flew to manila in order to work to earn money so that she could save up so she could actually support her children
1: Uh, oh man Uh,
0: right I'm getting, Uh, like, goosebumps and shit. uh, I
1: just could never think. Is that where the folders are made?
0: (laughs) Shut up, David.
1: God.
2: (laughs) See, these are the kind of jokes, though. Like, you have to, to... In order to go through this shit, like, you have to make...
1: I'm glad
2: you're pretty am ashamed of that. I got a real charcoal out of it. I was upset I was laughing. uh, I was like, no! uh, We gotta break
1: up the tension a little bit here. You can't just say it's about to get heavy and then tension doesn't happen. It's
2: about to get even more heavy. Oh Oh, no! God damn it! All right, so she moved to Manila in order to save money. Finally got out of this domestic (laughs) violence partnership. And she was in Manila when Typhoon Yolanda hit. Yolanda.
0: Sorry.
1: Ghetto-ass hurricane. Uh, well.
0: <laughs> she came and ghettoed the place up, I bet. Wow. Well.
1: <laughs> um, you were saying, Christine?
2: I feel like that's a horrible segment into this sentence. Both of her kids died. No! Um, both of her children died in Typhoon Yolanda. And the, this woman, Vanessa, was so impacted. Like, both of her kids died. Dead. She had just gotten out of a, a horrible partnership because of domestic violence. And she had just gone to Manila to try and make a life for her kids and herself without her husband. And she lost both of her kids. She suffered a mini stroke, so half of her face had fallen. There what was the a- fuck? What was yeah.
0: Before or after the children? After the children, because oh it was god, that— Oh my god, it shocked her so bad it stunned half her face. Exactly. Like Is it, that uh, really what happened? The Did psychological her impact die? her brother lived. Oh no! Yeah. Um, I don't know why that made it worse, but it felt worse.
1: Great, <laughs> you no, know, my brother's um, was going to complain the whole fucking time too. Be
0: like, and now I have two dead babies here. Sorry. Well, it's, so, like, her son wasn't
2: found for a couple weeks. Her daughter wasn't found for a couple months. What? And, okay, come on.
0: yeah. Uh, I'm never going <laughs> to complain about that cart thing at the grocery store ever again. Right. It was
1: Morgan. That's who I was talking about. She was talking about it. <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't need coupons, David. Yeah. Coupons,
1: Morgan. We've talked about this. They're called coupons. <laughs>
0: pronounce them <sorry>. right.
1: <laughs> Go on about the dead children, please.
0: I'm sorry. I paid full price
2: for my ham. Um, but this woman had been so impacted by the death of her children, and rightfully so, that she had the mini stroke and half of her face had fallen. But she, her way of coping and managing that stress that happened in her life was she came back to Tacloban, which is the city that we were working in. And she started working hand-in-hand hand with this nonprofit organization that I was, I was down there with. And she became like a, play, a paid employee, so she was fully employed, and she was able to work through and manage what had happened to her by talking to the volunteers and by talking to us. And she got her story out there, and that's actually what I wrote my essay to get into grad school and because this woman has impacted everything that I've done since then, and so like coming home and having this story weighing on me and I have my mom being like, "Oh, how are you? Like, how was your vacation? Tell me more about it." And I'm like, "I can't. I can't share this with you. I'm not ready to share this with you." So it it is interesting trying to explain what I see and what I do and understanding that the people that I'm trying to explain this to aren't they don't get they don't get it fully. They can try and be empathetic. They can try and understand, but it's hard. So making that realization in and of myself and then like don't ex- expect so much from people and don't share your stories if you i mean this is what i tell myself um but with the disaster psychology like sharing that story
1: um it takes time to, it be able to share that it, it
2: takes time to share it and I, it,
1: it yeah. wasn't even my story <laughs> oh, and I'm sure, but no this is something you experienced this story yeah right? you, this is absolutely your story christine oh, yeah. and that impacts you and Correct me if I'm wrong when I say that you're only going to be ready to share that story when you can accept that people may not understand it, that you're going to get weird questions from it, maybe even disrespectful questions. Yeah. So my next question, just <laughs> oh, kidding.
0: <dear>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, Morgan, I think I'll we've made a grave mistake. <laughs> we've accidentally turned this into an actual interview. And not just a bunch of people fucking around drinking. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. You need to drink more. Okay, can we do the quiz before I cry? Uh, of course
1: we can. <laughs> We're gonna lighten things up a little bit.
0: I'm sorry. It's okay.
1: Normally we we the quiz normally works where you answer some questions and depending on how good you do, either me and Morgan or you take a shot. But I think no matter what, me and Morgan are just gonna take a shot. I think uh, that was
0: the saddest story I've ever heard.
2: But it gives you hope. She gives you hope. Yeah, She did give
0: me hope. It was like really sad at first and then it was like, I can do anything.
2: Overcome. Empower.
0: Everything is temporary.
1: I told you, this is a entertainment podcast. If we we dedicate too much time to education, then then we have to change our category. This is now a self-help. This is self-help now. Oh. Fuck me.
0: (laughs) That category is equally hard. It is.
1: Well, Christine, now that you've ruined our day, not my job. You're supposed to fix disasters, not cause emotional disasters in my heart. Yeah, but I need more disasters in <laughs> I order would to call keep my s- job.
0: <laughs> I would call this a catastrophe. No.
1: We want to lighten things up a little bit.
0: Make light of the situation, if you will.
1: Because you are incredible at disasters, emergencies, catastrophes, what have you. But how good are you with first world problems? Mm, probably not as good. <laughs> this is the quiz. Oh, dear. The quiz is personalized to you. Oh. Normally, the way this works is I'm going to ask you five questions, Christine, and if you can get at least three of them correct, then me and Morgan, as the creators of the quiz, means we're bad at making hard quizzes, and then we have to take a shot.
0: I didn't help make this one.
1: She never helps make them.
0: (laughs) Okay, maybe two whole times. Two whole times.
1: However, because of that last story, I think we're just going to drink at the end anyway. That's probably a good idea. But let's see how you stack up. If you ever need to change your line of work to a first-world problem emergency manager, we want to make we want to see if you have that option open to you. I thought you
0: were just gonna say downer.
1: No. <laughs> you got that one down pat. Oh, no! We're just giving you a hard time. It's a beauty yeah, story.
0: Yeah, I, I loved
2: it. <laughs> I'm never sharing stories ever again. Well, that's why
1: That's why we like having people, like, real people on this show, in all seriousness, is because we get real stories from people, and I think if anybody is considering going into this line of work that you do, that that is something that maybe they should be prepared for.
0: To be strong. To acknowledge
2: mental health needs.
1: (laughs) All of that. But with that being said, are you ready for the official Maximum Mediocrity First World Problem Quiz?
2: I think so. Ready as I'll ever be.
1: Question one. What should you do if you eat something too cold, too fast, and you get brain freeze? Isn't How that, do you solve that?
2: You put your tongue on the roof of your mouth? That is correct! She's on the board! <laughs> ding,
0: ding, ding,
2: All right. Question. Good thing I like ice cream. <laughs> Shit-flavored ice
0: cream, I imagine.
2: Based <laughs> off My of your work. Favorite. No, I love it when you go to Cold Stone and they oh, do no. the, the cake batter ice cream and you mix in pie crust. Because I don't like it when there's high stuff, or high stuff.
1: I don't yeah, it, like is it is high stuff, isn't it?
2: I don't like it when there's hard stuff in my ice cream. Like, I don't want to chew it. So I like the fact that I can, anyway. Nice. Brain freeze.
0: They ship right on the counter for
1: me. <laughs> Fresh. From the Philippines, they ship it in. Question two. It's hard to take the trash bag out of the trash can. How can you make this easier? It's too hard, Christine. For cycle more often? <laughs> but I mean, I got the trash in there. What am I going to do? It's it's too hard to get out of there. How to make that a little easier for myself?
2: I mean, take the trash can to the actual like receptacle and dump it or like stand on the bottom little steppy thing and pull or
1: Good options. I mean, I multiple so-
2: multiple solutions to the same
0: Make problem. a little hole in the bag? I don't know.
1: Right. Very close, Morgan. You drill some holes in the bottom of the trash can. uh And that way that oh, transfers. Yeah, it gets rid of the suction.
0: Wow. Oh, but, but what about if there's juice in the bag? Uh, what if there's a hole in the bag and there's a, and the juice comes out of the bag?
1: Well, then it's a whole other problem.
0: Oh, my God. God, this sounds like a terrible idea though. I
1: mean, you don't put it you don't have to put it right on the bottom. You can lift it up a little. You can Okay. Okay.
0: You said bottom. Yeah. I was having some serious thoughts. I was recalling that whole shit incident we heard about earlier.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying it's probably about an inch off off of the ground, so I mean
0: Okay. You know I about guess. this
1: far off the ground as I <laughs> as I've heard?
0: All right. That that is not an inch. <laughs> okay. not my girlfriend says place. that is about a foot.
2: Um that makes sense though, because if you think like chugging beers, like you have to have a little bit of, little bit of space, a little bit of air needs to get to the bottom. Exactly. Oh, yes.
1: mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm uh, gonna take the pass option. Did not get that one, Christine. I uh, gave options. You did give options. They <laughs> were <laughs> good
2: options,
0: really. Yeah, right? right? You didn't say. You that just was... reuse
1: the trash bag. That's a great option.
0: <laughs> <laughs> recycle, she said. Yeah, I said
1: recycle uh, more often. <laughs> okay, Morgan. Well, I'll let you be the, I'll let you be the judge here. What do you think? Think she got I'm ready.
0: it? Already. Um, no, she didn't. But it, oh, was okay. it But they were good options. See, she's
1: trying to make me into the bad guy. <laughs> Question three I can't spread my butter on the toast because I just took it out of the fridge and it's cold. Butter what can I have, do? Butter doesn't have to go in the fridge. It's in the fridge. I'm taking it out of the fridge. Why don't you be more patient? Because <laughs> I'm hungry, Christine. All right? We need if, to get I have what my hot he,
2: toast. Was I feel like there's like one of those infomercial inventions where it's like the hot bladed on the and you can use that I don't know.
1: You're right. Use a lightsaber.
0: Yeah. Uh, look. Where I are have, your lightsabers? I have like an actual answer. I like to turn on the oven, and uh, I like to set the butter on top of the oven. Ah. Uh, you could also toast the bread. You could toast it, the bread, or you could gently microwave that stick of butter, gently.
1: Well, Morgan, I'll give you I'll give you an honorary point. For that one?
0: That's right. I'm participating in this quiz today.
1: <laughs> uh, Christine, uh, sadly, no points.
0: No Again, points, Christine. options.
1: A good they option. were bad
0: options. I can't help
2: it that I'm good at taking out the trash and butter in my own bread.
1: Yes, you're so prepared.
2: <laughs> <for> <laughs> she takes the butter
0: out you're right. before she needs it. I am patient. I plan ahead. When she bakes, <laughs> she never leaves the butter in the refrigerator on accident like I do every time I bake.
1: <laughs> Wait, you're not supposed to leave it in the in the refrigerator? I thought that's where... No, they always
0: was. called for softened butter. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I
1: mean, if I'm not fucking using it, I can't just have butter chilling out my house all, all day just in case I'm like, I might want to fucking toast.
0: Uh, uh, have, that's why they had those little butter things. Yeah. Or you could use like a butter, a butter bell.
1: That's, is that sanitary? Yeah. I feel like butter it's bells? not sanitary. Uh,
0: the, the, bottom, the water at the bottom of the butter bell is like kind of cool.
1: <laughs> what is a butter
0: bell? <laughs> it's a bell of butter. Uh, is, <laughs> it's this thing. Oh, okay, we're not talking about that here. <laughs> I'm
1: so confused. Go, go, butter, bell! <laughs> You'll have no more problems with your butter, bitch! The answer, Christine, was... Butter, you, bitch. You use a cheese grater, and you grate the butter on there.
0: Well, but that it's still hard. Fun. That's making dishes, bitch. Right, That's and then a you have a option dirty option. cheese grater. Do you want grater.
1: butter on your toaster? No! What if you're lactose I intolerant? I don't like
0: butter that much! <laughs>
1: I'll give you a point for it. For
0: <laughs> <laughs> Two points. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll take them! <laughs> Question four. Christine, my champagne is no longer bubbly. How can I get the bubbly back?
2: Well, that's your own fucking problem, because you didn't drink it fast
1: enough. Agreed.
0: <laughs> a point. Um, right. I'll
1: give you a point for that one, uh, just for the sass. But the correct answer was is, you put a raisin in it.
0: Really? What the fuck? Okay.
1: That's a real th- answer.
0: I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah, it did. I, when you were like raisin, I was like, I was mystified for yeah, a hot second.
1: That's right. There is um, a real answer. A raisin? You put a raisin in there. And I had to Google why this works. Is it like the carbon?
0: Like... It, it like probably pumps that raisin back up.
1: It's because carbon dioxide, which is what makes... Bubble. Yeah, what makes mm, the bubble. bubbly. When you put the raisin there, the, way, the raisin is very wrinkly. And so because it has so much surface area, all the carbon like dioxide clings to it and then when it oh. and it redisrupts the carbon dioxide makes it bubbly again.
2: I thought this wasn't supposed to be educational.
1: Oh, that ship <laughs> yes. has sailed a long time.
2: Ago. <laughs> I was gonna, also with soda like if you put the top back on and you give it a little shake.
0: That is some shit I needed to know. Where have you been for the last 24 years of my life?
2: Uh, I can give you a list. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> doing stuff.
0: <laughs> doing <snip. laughs> playing with shit. I hear. It.
1: Question 5. Okay. Oh. This is a real question. I can't give you a pass on this one.
0: How many points does she have? Two or three? Uh, We'll say three. All right, well.
1: I'm a generous god. Christine, I want to eat Cheetos, but I don't want my hands to get all Cheeto-y. What can I do to solve this problem? Just take
2: the bag to the face? (laughs) You go all in. all or nothing, man.
0: Uh, she didn't wa- he doesn't want on his f- on his fingers but he's cool with getting it all <laughs> over his face.
1: Yeah. I l- I'm glad to think that I'm going to give like Chester Cheeto a fucking blowjob.
2: <laughs> I didn't say you have to put your head in the bag.
1: Uh, sounds like I'm going to take a bag to the face. It doesn't sound like a gentle.
0: He just he just like kind of like puts his tongue on one and it like soaks into the little right. Cheeto and it just goes right into his mouth, you know. The moisture locks onto the little um, morsel.
1: Exactly. <laughs> ah, what do you think, Christine? How do we solve this problem?
0: Oh, man.
1: Well, first off,
0: Cheetos suck. Oh. <gasps> My God, get out. The podcast is over.
1: I didn't realize we had a communist with us. <laughs> we wasted all our questions on disaster management.
0: This is already uh, a disaster. Mm. Encroaching on a catastrophe. <laughs> 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 we, oh, we skipped right past Emergency. I mean, I don't know. I feel like
2: when you, like, eat the bag kind of deal, and you, like, shake things into your mouth. Oh,
1: I see. You just kind of... Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. I, right. I, I uh, Gotta build the skill. What do you think, Morgan? You'll be our judge.
0: I, I vote that she loses. Yeah. She loses.
1: The correct answer... <laughs> I got all these questions from, like, BuzzFeed, so correct answer... Right? <laughs> right. ...has a lucid term, uh, was, uh... You use Chopsticks. Pick each the one up with some chopsticks. F- or a fork, you fucking American slime.
0: I got, like, outraged that there was another utensil involved. I was like, no, excuse me. I just have chopsticks laying around. And then you're like, fork. And I was like, I guess. But that sounds like I'm destroying these Cheetos. Right? Do you have to, like, stab them and break them apart? Right? Forks don't, like, spread. What about, like, a spoon? I feel like a spoon would be oh, more spoon. Oh, a spoon would be a good one. There
1: you go. More. She gets the point now. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, Christine, you did better than I thought you were going to do.
0: Oh, ah. here. I finally got it. All right. You spread them out on a paper towel and you pick them up with your tongue.
1: You're right. But chopsticks was out of the question. <laughs> I'm dying.
0: You're not dirtying up two utensils. Two utensils you got to clean individually.
1: Two utensils meaning one pair of chopsticks? Yes. That's, not, that's one because a There's chopstick by itself- two of them, seil- isn't there? A chopstick by itself is just a stick.
0: Yeah, that's not my problem, is it?
1: <laughs> well, I think, Morgan, it's time for us to have another shot.
0: Oh, well, Jesus yeah. Christ, I've been...
1: This is more honey whiskey.
0: To feeling good all
2: the time. Cheers. Why you take that shot? They do say that emergency managers and responders cope with all of the shit that I've thrown at you by drinking.
1: <laughs> I'm glad to know that we'd be the part of the course. We I
0: was going to say, I figured it'd be a lot of drugs...
2: They say you're either an alcoholic, a drug addict, or a sexaholic.
0: All of those sound like not terrible options. <laughs> no. I mean, I kid, but also, for everyone at home, I waggled my eyebrows.
1: Final notes.
0: Do you prefer the balls that you come in contact with to be shaved or non-shaved?
1: And we got it in there. <laughs> right. That's what you hope
0: she says. Um,
1: Heyo. <laughs>
2: I'm going to go with shaved, because I don't want to pick hair out of my teeth. That's fair enough. You're not fucking
1: Wolverine, right? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, teeth. Hold on. Just just registered that. No, no,
2: no, no. Like, I mean, uh-huh. when you go all in. Oh, I know what you meant. I'm not going to bring a tooth. It sounds like you didn't, Dave. <laughs> right? Have it you sounds ever... like
0: he has hairy balls. You're right. Have mm-hmm. you ever
2: gotten hair stuck between your teeth? <laughs> Often. <laughs>
0: Gross.
2: Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's what they make
1: floss for. <laughs> 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 one final, One final question, Christine.
2: That wasn't the final question?
1: Uh, sadly, mm-hmm. no. That
2: was my final question. Uh, okay.
1: What Fair. are some misconceptions about your line of work that you would like to set straight? Oh, man. This is your chance to tell the world slash probably like 30 dudes.
2: <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's, there's so many disaster myths that are out there. <laughs> um,
1: Pick top five, like showers.
2: <laughs> top five showers. I would say... So there's this training that we do, it's called uh, Community Emergency Response Team. And it's a training and it teaches civilians what to do to help yourself until the actual responders get there. Because you are the help until help arrives.
1: Okay.
2: Um, So a lot of people get mad, like, oh, you didn't save this person, oh, you didn't do this. But it's, if you know what to do in a situation, like if somebody has a heart attack and you have to give them CPR, like train yourself, educate yourself, and we will get there as fast as we can. But if you know CPR, you've then helped us help that person because you've made it more likely that they'll actually survive. Also, I'm gonna steal my friend May's tagline, safety is sexy, like prepare, like take care of yourself, uh, both emotionally and physically. Uh, go bags are a big thing, uh, if you have to, bug out bags. So What's if, a you, go bag? Can you? If, if you have to leave on a moment's notice, it's flooding, Oh, get out. It's a bag that you have, Bear essentials in or like necessities that you can grab and literally run out your door.
1: Like the Minutemen in the Civil War.
2: Exactly, you That's have a sexy Minuteman as hell. bag. I'd suck all their dicks. <laughs> yeah, only with shaved balls.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I have, my trunk is essentially a go bag.
2: Yeah, um, also evacuations. If you are in a mandatory evacuation zone and you have the means uh, to evacuate. Are and you, you really
1: have, excited about evacuations?
2: Well, it irritates me. God, that's hot. No, it pisses me off because you are putting our lives in danger when you choose to stay and you have the ability to leave. If you have the ability to leave, get the fuck out because you're making me put my life in danger by getting on that little boat and coming in and trying to rescue you in in waters that Lord knows what hazards are in there. Are there live wires? Like, what is going on? So you're putting my life in danger because you didn't want to get out for 48 hours. If you have the means to get out, you should get out. If you have the ability to leave and you're in a mandatory evacuation zone, you should get out. And that also means preparing for your animals before disaster. My dog has a go bag, because I'm not going anywhere if my dog isn't with me. He's my emotional support, he is my mental health. Um, And I want him to be safe too. So think about what are your kids' needs, what are your dog's needs, If you help your family prepare like in the event of emergency, I make sure that my mom knows what to do, because that way I can focus my attention on responding, because I know that she knows. She can take care of herself, and that lets me stay and do what I need to do.
1: (laughs) I like that. That's perfect. You know, and that's a great theme, because it's 2019 now. New year, new you. Prepare for a fucking emergency.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're in this area, flooding is a big thing. Wind damage. So... You have to prepare for the hazard that you're most likely to encounter.
1: And every area has an emergency that is most prominent to them. Like we are in Delaware, flooding is a big issue. Other places of <laughs> the world are not safe. Like everybody has an issue, an emergency that make that is most likely to happen. Prep for that at the very least.
2: Yeah, and if you could actually, you can go talk to your local emergency management office agency. You can talk to your firefighters or police officers. Um, they all should know what the most prominent hazard is for your area, and it never hurts to have a rapport with those people who are going to come save your life. (laughs) It always helps! Get to know them. Plus, they're real people, and maybe that'll make you prepare more, because you don't want to put a real person in danger.
1: Slip him a 20.
0: Yeah, right? That too. (laughs) Please come for me first. Thank you. You know where I live. This is my address.
1: Christine, I think those are great things that people should keep in mind to make your life easier and really to make the people who are affected to make their lives easier. Be prepared for when shit goes down. Have something for... You love your animals? Be prepared for when shit goes down. Have something ready to put them in if... if. Something should happen to happen, and you gotta get them out of there quickly. Oh, I
2: have one more. One <gasps> more! With your animals, don't tie them to trees! Stop! Why tying Why is that
1: the end thing?
2: I heard, uh, Superstorm Sandy, somebody actually chained their dogs in the basement, and it's flooding. Oh, I don't want They're like, that. I don't want, no, the dog was saved. The dog came into the shelter, oh, like, God. absolutely fine. Dog was okay. Um, Hashtag stronger than the storm. Right? But animals are <laughs> instinctual. They know, they know what to do. <laughs>
1: Oh, and I have another one! (laughs) I'm not sure if I could be in love with enthusiasm, but I am.
0: I'm just gonna say this is the best!
1: No, it's,
2: I mean, it's important. It's things that people should know. Um, So take care of your animals as well in disasters and emergencies. Think about them when you're preparing. Um, Don't tie them up, don't put them in their cages. Animals are instinctual. If you have them microchipped, if there's identification, you will be able to find them again. If you can't take them to the shelter, which sucks, that's another pet peeve of mine. Um
1: Don't take him to the shelter?
2: Well, no, like there are a lot of shelters that don't let animals in. So like
1: Kind of destroys the point.
2: Right? right? Hurricane Irma, I was working in a shelter and there was a man with his mom and a cat and they couldn't bring the cat into the shelter and it was just like go around the back door, dude. Like I'm not going to make you sit in the storm until the tropical storm first winds turn into hurricane first winds just because you have a cat. Like that's wrong. It's wrong. They're cute anyway. Uh but With donations in a disaster, like people want to help when when things go bad. How can people help? Look at the national volunteer organizations active in disaster. Look at what the actual nonprofits and responders are requesting and doing. Because I know you want to donate, and I know you want to help, and sometimes people don't like giving money, but money does help the most because then you can actually get the resources that you need. But if you want to donate things and stuff, material stuff, look at VOAD. National Volunteer Organizations Active in Disaster. Look at the local VOAD to where that emergency is, and they will be able to help you make the most impact and make sure that what you want to do and how you can help is felt the most. So that way, like, you don't end up with Puerto Rico where there's how many dozens pallets of water bottles sitting on the airway. Anyway. Sorry, there's things that, like, ir-
1: irritate me. <laughs> Christine. Christine, I think that your enthusiasm is a great frame for the work that you do. Yeah. And, uh, and we appreciate the work that you do, and uh, you have all the respect in the world from us. Thank we you. do have to end, though. Okay. So, thank you very, very much for listening to the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast. If you like this episode and you want to hear more, go to MaximumMediocrity.com. Special thanks to Christine Bestie for joining us today and teaching us so much about emergency response. Morgan Miller was our co-host and our PA, Ryan Konjurski, for his help and shutting the fuck up when he needed to. Thank you. Don't fuck your kids. Love you.
0: Fuck you! <laughs> it's important to not fuck your kids. Don't fuck your kids,
2: right? <laughs> no! number no, one!